Football Social Daily. Premier League update. Here we are slipping on the comfy slippers of football and settling down in the lovely, well-worn chair of the Premier League once again, as we do every single <laughs> <Jesus>. day. <laughs> the analogies get more and more stretched every single that time. That sounded like uh, Richard Hammond's on, you know, the Grand Tour when he does Conversation <laughs> Street. They were brilliant. That was gentlemanly. Right, it is Friday. It is the last football social daily of the week. Before we get stuck into the weekend's football, our weekend preview show is out first thing Saturday morning. Make sure you've hit subscribe, however you listen to your podcasts now, and when you're enjoying your weekend fry up you can get a full preview of all the premier league action but today on the podcast we've got marley anderson and stefan armstrong here to pick over the latest news from the top flights so on the agenda today there are yet more newcastle rumors could tyneside be about to escape the tyrannical grip is that the right word of mike (laughs) ashley shit show is another one shit show of mike ashley harry kane has admitted that there is a problem at tottenham but what can be done to fix it and we're going to be getting our weekly dose of fancy football tips from our resident expert as well who has to be said is in a rich vein of form at the moment so let's start with tottenham for a club in seventh there seems to be an improportionate amount of perceived turmoil at Tottenham at the moment. We've speculated for weeks that there's something that's not quite right at Spurs and now we've had confirmation from the captain himself that there isn't something right. So Harry Kane has admitted in an interview that is yet to air, it goes out this weekend on Sky Sports, that the club has been unsettled by players that want to leave this summer, namely Danny Rose, Toby Alderweilder and Christian Eriksen. We kind of expected that this might be the issue, that it might be the players that want away from Spurs that was causing them to have this almost disinterested look and this slight turmoil within the squad. But is it slightly surprising that Harry Kane has actually called them out? I just just feel like it's the end of a natural cycle for Tottenham a little Mm. bit right now. And the way to kind of top that off would have been to have won the Champions League last year. Everybody could have left happy. They've achieved something together. Kane can go to Real Madrid and be the player he wants to be. Um, Ericsson can go away to Barcelona. Rose can go to wherever he wants to go. And that would have been a great ending for Tottenham. The fairy tale of, of basically four four years hard work since Pochettino came in. Yeah. Um, but it didn't happen. It wasn't a fairy tale ending. And the natural cycles kind of ending I feel and you see it a little bit in their body language that and the fact they only ever seem to win in the Champions League now mm. is is a bit concerning so maybe, maybe it's just the end of, of that kind of Tottenham revolution and the second phase begins the new stadium begins the new training ground begins and they move on they get a, got a recruit again start again I mean you're right football does have cycles and you see Pep Guardiola when he goes to his clubs he has a three four year tenure at the likes of Bayern Munich and Barcelona then he moves on Fergie was a big fan at Manchester United of every kind of four years he'd bring in new players Mm. he'd refresh the personnel which hasn't really happened at Spurs so yeah you're you're probably right one of the issues is that they almost got a bit stale that the club needs a refresh but at the same time it hasn't had that and you wouldn't expect such a downturn in form as a result of just players wanting to leave at some point would you? Yeah well I mean Stefan mentioned like it could be the end of the cycle but Real, realistically, it should be the start of the cycle. This, this should be reaching the Champions League final last season. Should be the start of them saying, "Right, we are now an elite European club. We're up there with everyone. Mm. We're up there with City and Liverpool in in knockout competition. You know, they knocked out City. Um, they knocked out Ajax. There's there's so much more to come from this Spurs side. Like they've been close to the league. They're not f- that far off. 
you know, challenging, the closest to challenging, in my opinion, the closest to challenging City and uh, and Liverpool with the right, if everyone was pulling the right direction, they'd be closer to challenging them than, like, getting involved in that, the other four, you know, the other fight for the top six with United, Arsenal, Chelsea and uh, and all that, those kinds of teams. But there just seems to be the mental but- issue again of everyone wanting to leave. I, th- I think an elite club at the end of a season after being in Champions League t- final, the talk is all about which massive players are we going to sign and how can we really knock on the door of mm. Man City yeah. and Liverpool. But instead, the whole conversation, the whole summer was just about, can we keep Ericsson? Can can we keep our players? Okay, they spent 50-odd million on Undermelli, but um, apart from that, the rest of the whole script was about who can we keep, mm. and that's mm-hmm. not an elite mentality, is it? If exactly, problem, that, that only happens with like with not elite teams. So like, if Kane is saying that the issue is the club has been unsettled by players wanting to leave, and Pochettino was talking the other week about certain players having agendas, you've got to assume that they're talking about the same players in that collection. Why don't you just take Danny Rose, Alderweireld, and Krista Eriksson, despite their ability as players, and go right. You're in the reserves. If you don't want to be playing for the first team, if it's causing that much disruption, get them out of the club. I don't, I don't know. Can you do that? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how that sits. You know, t- taking these world class players and just dumping in reserves. It's never going to happen. You're going to have a backlash. So I, I, I think it's. I think it's less to do with that. I think. I think it's just a bit of a cycle. Honestly. For me, I look at it and go, you've got these world-class players, and as you say, a team that reached the Champions League final. So, logical step. Next is win the Champions League final or do mm-hmm. better in the league or win a cup of some kind. So, why suddenly are these world-class players wanting to leave Spurs? What is the issue within they, that club? That's the bigger issue, is They it? don't believe that they're good enough. They believe that the Champions League was a bit of a fluke, and they think, my stock's high, I've got to get out now. And that isn't how you should be thinking as a club. You should be thinking, we were, we were 90 minutes away from winning the biggest trophy in club football. But instead, they're going, fucking hell, we're lucky to get there, <laughs> weren't we? Like, woo, if I don't go to United now, if I don't go it to Real Madrid it? now, it's, it's, it's just a mentality issue. But I, I, also, I also think Spurs fans are almost a little bit greedy in a way. Like, after they lost to uh, Colchester midweek, which, mm. which was a bit of a disaster, admittedly, the amount of people on um, social media, Twitter, calling for Pochettino's head, saying that's it, the end of it now. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost unrealistic. It's like, what do you want? This is massive for Tottenham, but you're actually performing at the standard that you're performing at the minute um, in terms of where you p- finished last year. Um, I'd, I'd be pretty happy if I was a Tottenham fan. If you were a Tottenham fan, would you be pretty happy, Mally? Uh, yeah, relatively. I'd be... I'd- be a bit pissed off that we haven't won anything in terms like the FA Cup and the League Cup I mean, are genuinely the, cha- the Champions League achievable. form kind of masks their, end, their form in the last oh, season they, they, they hardly won anything in 30 games yeah. coming off the back of uh, the start of last mm. year but yeah. um, I, d- I don't know I've, I think f- how many years have Tottenham been lying sort of like that 7th 8th place position and now regularly consistently probably the third best team yeah. in Britain that, that, that's that's a great place to be. I'd be happy. If it is the end of the cycle, as you say, what needs to change at this point? So when you describe the end of the cycle, uh, is that just that that group of players are done, that you need to bring in fresh blood and fresh competition? Because yeah. they've always got past Tottenham on this team spirit of the idea that they're all playing together and they don't mind the fact that they might not be earning as much as they do elsewhere because of the wage structure, but there is the togetherness. 
and obviously the disruption has been caused by players mm-hmm. wanting to leave and that's maybe damaged that togetherness but what what needs to happen do they need to bring in new players to add competition to refresh the squad or is it a case of bringing in a new coach with new ideas it's a tough one I would say I'd say a world class player actually signing a, a, an established world class player who can play alongside Kane probably and for, for, I think for a lot for many many years they've relied solely on Harry Kane to um, be getting goals in. Obviously, people like Ericsson have come in um, and uh, Son, they're, they're scoring goals, but they're not out-and-out strikers. Get somebody in with him. Uh, I think what Tottenham have done very well over years is brought in lots of great youth players um, and signed them relatively cheap mm. and brought them in through academy. Keep that going as well. Um, it's just competition for players as well, making sure that they keep on getting a high standard of player in. So somebody like Adelvireld can't just sit back and relax a little bit. Always having something there. Keeping players on their toes. Yep. Yeah, I think as well the the slightly aging squad, as in all the way like nearly thirty. I think Vertonghen's thirty. Mm. Um, De Vincent Sanchez is behind them, but he's never he's never sort of first choice if if the other two are fit and happy. Um, Larice is well, they're not gone anymore. down. Neither of them are happy. But <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I think you know Danny Rose is nearly thirty and thinks he. Thinks he can move to wherever he's been. He's been asking for a move for three or four years, and nobody, <laughs> nobody signed him. Take the fucking hint, mate. Take the hint. Nobody wants to sign you. You're genuinely not that good. <laughs> Doncaster's so, greatest. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, I want to go back up north. Well, so, sorry, mate. No northern teams going to sign you. <laughs> I. You want to go to Man United? Man United don't want you. Man City, you're not no. good enough. Liverpool have got a left back. Everyone else is fine. Like. But Jim, I think it's got to be something to do with the players as opposed to the manager. Mm. Every week you see that Pochettino's lined up for, to replace Zidane at Real Madrid. The guy's rated highly, and I think rightly so. Um, I think it's more of a player problem than a, mm. a managerial problem. It's really interesting from my point of view that a player has come out and said there is a problem. We've speculated that there might be something and, wrong. And, and, now and, and the captain it. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously, <laughs> I mean, whether it's one of those the kind of Jose Mourinho-esque let's see if we can get a reaction from the team by naming and shaming, by throwing them under a bus a little bit. I yeah. don't know. We'll have to see how they perform this weekend. To uh, Sorry, just to quote one of my favourite films, Dodgeball, it's a, it's a bold <laughs> strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> That's the officially the first Dodgeball quote we've had on the <laughs> Football Daily podcast. Right, we're going to talk about... Yeah, we're going to talk about Newcastle very soon, a potential takeover there. But before we do that, we're going to deal with a listener question. If you've got a question or you want to debate anything we're talking about on the show, you can get us via Twitter, at The Sports Social. We're happy to deal with any of it. We've got a question from Mr. Banana Syrup Sauce. <laughs> nice. <laughs> who has actually asked us a question. I've not heard from him in a while. (laughs) He's from down under. He's from down in Australia. And he's got a question about Manchester United at the moment. He said, could Zlatan go back to Manchester United in the January transfer window? Does their lack of striking options with Martial and Rashford both out (laughs) support the potential for his return? Can Manchester United fans hope for Ibrahimovic to return? And would you guys, as us, like to see him back in the EPL? So there's a whole load to pick through there. Zlatan did say a few months ago that he quite fancied coming back to Manchester United. Zlatan thinks he's God. Well, he's not far off. That's on his god, especially in uh, LA. But could he do a job for Manchester United at the moment? He is smashing it in the no, MLS. And I know no. it's a different league. And he no. was, what was it, 13, in, 13 goals and 16 appearances when he was at Manchester United or something crazy like that. And they are. Manchester United are desperate for firepower at the moment. No. Don't be ridiculous. This guy is 38 years old next week, right? 
Uh, what are we going to do next? Bring Giggsy back. Might as well <laughs> might as well get Dennis Irwin as well. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Like, And the best way to kind of put this in perspective is if you look at the league that he's playing in, I know you said it's, it's a different league, Jim, yep. admittedly, right? But if you look at the MLS, right, um, he's constantly being compared um, against Carlos Vela in, in the M- uh, MFL, right? And um, MLS. MLS, sorry, yeah. MFL. What's MFL? <laughs> MLS, right? And Carlos Vela um, was in England for eight years and scored five goals. So this is the level that is, this is the standard that he's playing against. So the fact that he yeah. would come back to Man United is ridiculous. Bradley Wright oh. Phillips was very good in the MLS. I don't even know the name of the league. I'm calling it the MFL. <laughs> so, so what are you saying, Marley? Do you think it's just fanciful that Zlatan could do a job currently for Manchester United? I think it's a bit unfair to compare him to to use Carlos Vela. Because he, <laughs> but that's he was, what people in America have been doing. Yeah, but he was a young player when he was in England. He was uh, he was only came through the Arsenal Academy kind of thing, and he's got a lot better since he went to Spain. He had a spell then, at West Brom, which to... didn't go very well as well. <laughs> he, he was a great football manager signing back in the day, Carlos Vela. Yeah, no. but um, honestly, not not now is the time to bring Zlatan back. I think they should have looked at it in the in the in the summer when they lost Lukaku, um, because. There's an opportunity of getting Zlatan around um, when the MLS finishes, which is like January time. Mm. Um, no, it's like I think it's like November. I think end of November up to January, so you can have him for three months. And I genuinely think there's not that much risk with it. Like you get a guy on loan for two or three months, he helps you out. Yes, he's 38, but have you seen the guy's flexibility and fitness? He's absolutely a machine. Yes, he's a bit of a wanker in terms of his <laughs> his like you know demeanor, and people are like, "That's, oh, what, this that's guy. what I like about him." Exactly, yeah, I, I like love it. that. I love a bit of shit housery, and yeah, he is a bit of he is a bit cringe in in like too. If you listen to him too much, it just starts cringing you out. But that's why he's perfect for America because they love that. Yeah, they all they all go up to him after games like Slatan. What are you a lion this week? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm I a lion. I am the lion. And they they just eat it up because they're all just cringy. I love people. it when he speaks in third person as well. Yeah, it's amazing. I suppose oh, the, the issue is at the moment that Manchester United have these injuries to Rashford and Martial, who might come back this weekend, but it looks unlikely. Mm. So Greenwood's kind of their only forward option. Yep. And if we're looking to November, yeah. then hopefully they'll get those players Do up you know and running again before November. I think that's classic panic button. If 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 somebody like Zlatan goes back mm. to Man United, that, that's that's less. Do you know what? It's less on uh, Zlatan's ability and more on the situation that Man United are in right now. If that happened, mm. so yeah. there you go, Mister Banana Syrup Sauce. Your answer is no. It's not going to happen. And regards to Mrs. Banana Syrup Sauce as well. Right, we're going to come back. <laughs> very soon. We're going to take some fantasy football tips from our resident expert, and we're going to talk about the big story up in the northeast, a potential takeover for Newcastle United. We'll talk about it next on Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast. Now and never miss an episode. Football Social Daily Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Some fancy football tips on the way, but first, some fantasy football futures for Newcastle fans. So, normally you have to wait until what around November time for rumours about a Newcastle takeover to kind yeah. of pop up. Makes Mike Ashley have a really good excuse for not spending money in January. They're a little bit early this year. We're only just creeping into October and already the takeover rumours are starting. Marley, you're a resident Newcastle fan. Mm-hmm. Explain to us roughly what's going on with this one. Well, it all came out of out of nowhere, really. It was late last night. Um, a report by the Daily Mail came out and said that they've had um, a look at this 
46 page brochure mm. on Newcastle being sold to uh, GACP, which is General American Capital Partners, um, a consortium led by um, Peter Kenyon, who is the former Chelsea and Man United uh, chief exec. Very experienced man in football. Um, he's been linked with Newcastle for a couple of years now, going back in terms of um, how he wants to be involved in some sort of consortium, but he doesn't have the kind of money himself yeah. to just put it up. Um, so he's been around a little while, uh, sort of in the background. If we were ever going to get sold, he was always going to be there or thereabouts. Um, but he seems to have found these guys, if if you believe this story, which is another thing that we'll come on to. <laughs> but um, GACP, General American Capital Partners, he's... Um, reportedly lined up a £300 million deal to, to take over the club. Uh, we all know Mike Ashley's um, asking price is £350 million, but the bid is £300 million and then an immediate £50 million as soon as everything goes through to, to o- cover operational costs. It's over three years as well, isn't it? So it's like deferred payments. It's it not is, a great yeah. big lump because I believe, and I'm, I'm very sketchy on the details here, so you have to correct me if I'm wrong, I yeah. believe they want to attract further investors. So the idea yeah. is that this group, the GC, whatever they're called, GACP. they don't have the money themselves, but they'll be looking to find further investors in the club. Yeah, so they've they've got enough money to get the get the stuff done, to get the you know, the, the costs and everything covered. But they they're not a man city, they're not a an endless pot mm. of money. They've just a bunch of experienced businessmen with uh, they, who see an opportunity because Newcastle, they see uh, a club that hasn't... Uh, one of the things they use in the in the brochure is the, quote, um, brand value waiting to be realised. So Ooh. basically they look at the club and say, they've got one of the best stadiums, they've got a big fan base, blah, blah, blah. All the usual cliches that people listening to this will be going, oh, Newcastle fans just wank <laughs> on about how good the stadium is. And it's like, yeah, it is bloody good. It's probably better than yours, pal. But... That is, you know, not, it, not it if is undervalued. Not if you're an away fan and you have to go all the way up them stairs. Yeah. That's shocking. Not, not for much longer, though. Oh, they're, great. From next season, they're moving them downstairs. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Let's assume for a minute that this is all 100% true and it is going to happen. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the kind of deal that Newcastle fans would want for me. Like, there's been talk about them getting a American billionaire or an oil tycoon yeah. or something to buy it. This sounds like another consortium that's seen Newcastle as a business opportunity, mm. which has been the criticism of Mike Ashley, that he runs it as a business to make money rather than as a footballing concern. Yeah, um, and you'll, you're never going to know that until until if slash when it happens. So they're not going to say we're going to run it on a shoestring, but Mike Ashley is running it on a shoestring, keeping it afloat um, purely to make it the most attractive uh, attractive as sale as possible. Mm. Um, these guys do seem to do a similar thing, but with a bit more flexibility and a bit more investment. Like they're they're from what they're saying in the brochure, their ambition is to make us a top ten club in terms of everything, in terms of where we're finishing the table, what kind of money we're bringing in, uh, all the rest of it. They see us as not far off anyone outside the top six in terms of where we should be. So that's what they're trying to to come in and do. However, convincing the fans that these are the guys to do it won't be that hard Mm. because 
we all hate Mike Ashley. Just looking for an alternative. Ha- exactly. We all hate Ashley. Exactly. Matt Malley, listening to you, and I know you're a Newcastle fan, mm. you don't sound that impressed by this takeover bid. It's not that I don't sound impressed by the takeover bid. I would take it in a heartbeat, obviously, but I just doubt that any of it's true. Is it because of smoke and mirrors? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, last last year, the, the Bin Zayed group... Um, that all just came out of absolutely nowhere, like so quick. And it was like, um, everyone was saying, oh, it's nearly done. Like as soon as we heard of it, it was like in two days, this will be done. And then mm. in a week, this will be done. And then five weeks passed and we still, we gone from signing, being uh, favourites to sign Neymar to signing <laughs> fucking God knows who on a, on a, you know, spending forty million on Ellington eventually, and all the rest of it. But well, that was all a tactic to try and keep Benitez, wasn't it? That was all smoke and mirrors to try and maintain, like, yeah. or, or, or to give Ashley an excuse not to keep Benitez. Rather, too yeah. much, too much smoke and mirrors in Tyneside. I'm getting it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of smoke and mirrors. Sponsored but... by Smoke and Mirrors. Too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sponsorship deal there. So, if you're going to rate it, give us a like a chance of it happening between one and ten. If you're going to pick a number and go, this is how much faith I have in these rumours. Where would you sit? That I have personally. Maybe three out of ten. Okay. That's kind of blown <laughs> but, it out of the water. My favourite bit from the whole thing, by the way, when you yeah. look at the brochure, there was an amazing line within the brochure. I don't know if you spotted this. I'm going to read it to you. GACP Sports plans to support the current manager, Steve Bruce, oh, God, who yeah. has unparalleled success in Europe. Um, in Europe? In yeah. Europe. Wow. Do you, know, do you know why they've done that? It's one, because England's still in Europe for another couple of months. <laughs> and two, because uh, he had a great record uh, in, at Hull when he got him into the <laughs> oh, well done, into Steve. the Europa League or whatever. Yeah, and it was they- like two pre-season he lost shit games. Play, play, to, lost what, once in the Europa League and lost. To, to end on a brighter Belgium note, signed Le Kieran. <laughs> so yeah. There you go. That's the record. <laughs> to end on a brighter note with Newcastle, can I just say that Newcastle United has got the best pub in close proximity to the stadium? The Strawberry <laughs> Pub the strawberry. is the best pub in the Premier League. Yeah, I'll get that in the brochure. There you go. <laughs> that's actually on page uh, forty-four and forty-six of <laughs> the brochure. But just to actually say that GACP part own Bordeaux in France as well. Yeah. Um, so that's quite interesting because they had a, a bit of a renaissance for a while. I think I don't know where they came last season, but fourteenth, uh, I think, last season. They were in a bit of trouble, and then they sort of had a resurrection towards the end of the season. But you know, they only spent ten million that summer as well. Um, this summer, sorry, they brought Koscielny back, but they they're on the right track, and they've done a similar job to what we need to do in terms of like if you offer me fourteenth hour, I'd absolutely take it. But and then build on next season mm. with new investment and whatever. Currently fifth in League One, so yeah. it's looking up. So, hey, Newcastle, fifth next season. It feels to me that at the, what Newcastle fans want at the moment is, and it's kind of what Arsenal fans were saying at the beginning of the season when they wrote that letter to their owners going, we want a vision, we want a plan for the future. And mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to be that billionaire who comes in and says, right, you're the next Man City. It yeah. just needs to be someone that goes, here's how I'm going to take the club forward over the next decade. Yeah, well, these guys, um, I've read a, an interview with them um, just 10 minutes ago and they said they're, um, they're in the league with PSG they can't compete financially at all mm. with PSG they're, they're, he said he hasn't got an oil oil rig in his garden that he can just pump <laughs> um, but it's it's to be to have a vision to buy the younger players to buy you know be a, a breeding ground let PSG go out and buy all the world class players but everyone else you can get and that's kind of similar to what we could do mm. 
um, with the right investment and kind of thing. But the the cynicism for me comes just going back to everything. In July, Mike Ashley said in an actual one of his very rare interviews from his you know Slazenger Sock Central <laughs> warehouse in uh, London. He said, I reckon all the furniture his house is like built out of Slazenger socks <laughs> and giant mugs. His house is made <laughs> out like, of mugs. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said that a takeover would happen so quickly it would be like Manchester City's takeover. The press would only pick up on it when it's all done or it's all very very nearly done. He said right. that in July three months ago. And all of a sudden, we're getting rumours of a takeover mm. now. So it's like everybody is in Newcastle is saying, yeah, all right, prove it. Prove this thing's real because we've been burnt before. We believed the Amanda Stavely thing. Um, we believed, well, some of us believed the Bin Zayed thing. Thought we were going to get Neymar. Ended up with Almiron. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was all very sceptical. So that's that's the mood around around Newcastle fans at the minute. Okay. From fantasy takeovers to fantasy football, because we're joined by our resident fantasy football expert, Kieran Howley. Hi. How are you? <laughs> very, very good. Your pick last week was Benjamin Mendy. Oh, so close to Including being good. Ben. Yeah, I mean, 8 0 for City, but then he only goes and gets one single point from it. I know. I was feeling so good. I was already planning my victory speech as the lineup <laughs> was read out. I was like, Zinchenko isn't even on the bench. Mendy's starting five goals in 18 minutes. I was like, oh, great. Well, he's definitely going to get involved. Feeling very confident going to half time. And then the team walks out the tunnel. Where's he gone? Yeah. Managing minutes, apparently. Okay. Ridiculous. So, Same old Pep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pep is the he's the scourge of the fantasy football manager, isn't he? And we'll talk about that first, because Raheem Sterling, who was many people's pick this season, mm. started off like a train, but in the last three weeks, he's had pretty disappointing scores in fantasy football. He didn't play against Watford at the weekend. He is the most transferred out player of any player, in fantasy football this week. Is it time to offload Sterling or should our managers be keeping faith? Uh, no, it's madness. Madness. Absolute madness. Why would he get rid of Sterling? Yeah. Because yeah. you want to get, get him back in, won't it? Yeah. As well? He's still the Chances he are. still has the top of um stop <laughs> still has the top attempts uh inside the box of any midfielder. Mm-hmm. So even though he's only played five games, he's already outperforming everyone who's done six. So really it's just output. Right. Doesn't matter if he's if he's playing four games out of five, but he's still outscoring everyone else. It kind of doesn't really sit in there. He's uh he's second for penalty touches, so even when he's not getting shots away, he's getting the right areas. And uh I think it's a great opportunity for everyone who hasn't got Sterling because his price is gonna drop. So keep faith for now or bring him in if yeah, you fancy taking I, a chance. I th- I think everyone who's already gone in Sterling, if you're taking him out now, it means you've had him for five weeks. Mm. Nothing has changed. Everyone knew he was gonna miss the odd game or so. You get that with any City player. Um, but I think across last season, he played the most out of any of the other positions, including Aguero. So I think if you've already committed to him, nothing has changed. There's, there's nothing that's shown that he's going to perform any worse than he has last season. And if you if you were late to the party and suddenly he jumped up to 12.5 and you got scared and thought Salah's about that point, he might jump on him now. Mm. He's gone down to 12.1 because everyone's got scared and jumped off. So, so now's the time. Now's yeah. the time to buy him rather yeah. than get rid of him. Right, if you had keep- that buyer's regret, going now. I reckon most people have probably got their big spends kind of settled in mm. fancy football world. They've got their KDBs or their Salas or their Aubameyangs or whoever it is. But I think there's an opportunity around those kind of 4.5, 5.5 million pound 
tinkering kind of players that you bring in and out. Is there any value around that market? Uh, yeah, the challenge you have now is that everyone's already jumped on the good value <laughs> and now they're outside the price point that made them good value. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I think five is a really crap price point across the board. Uh, there's no one really that decent in it. You either want a 4.5 to sit on the bench mm. and release funds for the rest of the team or you want to drop, um, say, a 10 player down to a nine and turn one of those into a six and then you get access to people like um, McGinn and um, Mount, for example, who I was obviously championed almost every week going into yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. uh, by a lot before. So uh, McGinn is second for shots on target out of any player in the Premier League. He's had 10, which puts him only under Pookie for 14. And he's got a great run coming up as well. He's got so Burnley, he's Norwich and Brighton. Finisher. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, his conversion isn't too hard. But underlying stats, getting the right positions, getting shots, they're going to go in. Now, I've been stung by this before. You know, I've... I've um I've waxed lyrical over Newcastle strikers. <laughs> Don't do that, mate. Who have had the most shots out of any player in the league. Uh, I even stuck with Mitrovic when he wasn't scoring last season because he was Jesus. getting those underlying stats. Um, but McGinn has been showing up and he passes the eye test. But you're gonna you're gonna take one. a risk with the those price point players, aren't you? You're never gonna get someone who's gonna let's get really well, no. lucky who's going to get it's the reason they're six yeah. you're not going to get someone who's scoring every single week you're expecting a return every other or every three at six because it gives you the money to get the Sterlings and the Salas and the Canes so about that price point I say avoid five you're either going down to 4.5 and then you probably should have already got Cantwell he's gone up to five now unfortunately mm. so I jumped I him on him at 4.7 <laughs> so I made my money on him uh, Lundstrom in defence is looking absolutely stellar value as well Sheffield performing way better than anyone thought of in terms of their defensive potential mm. and he keeps cropping up with assists and isn't I keep putting him on the bench and he had 12 <laughs> points last week and he sat Lundstrom on my bench like one of the most like top five most owned players something like that really mm. yeah because he's crazy. a huge enabler he's so he started at 4 million yeah yeah so I, I would say move up to that six bracket. As I've already said, uh, McGinn at 5.7, top for shots on target with 10. I think he's a great guy. Um, looking at Buendia for Norwich. He's at 6 million. He's created 14 chances so far. Already has four assists in the bank. Uh, and you've also got Grealish in that space too. But looking at Norwich, everyone stayed away from Norwich to start the season because absolute nightmare start for um, their fixtures but mm. their next five they've got Palace Villa Burnley United and Brighton goals 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 yeah. if you do it against Liverpool City uh, then you're going to walk those teams I think it's a great option OK very f quickly to finish off you look at the fixtures this weekend and there doesn't seem to be like any game you'd highlight as a complete tonking essentially so where would you put your captaincy this week? Well, apparently, the, the, if you look at the bookies, Kane is the best player to captain. They played Southampton. Yeah, but I... <laughs> Guess who I took out last week. Well, exactly the same. <laughs> I took him out for Aubameyang, and then he ended up outscoring Aubameyang for the first time in five weeks, which is sad's law. Uh, well, for myself, I'm sticking on Sterling. Okay. Because uh, he's had the week, and he didn't play last week, so he only skips the odd game or two. Everton um, quite solid defensively, though. One of the few things they've Sometimes. got going for him. <laughs> <laughs> But I think City can unlock any team. Um, so I've got, between him and Aubameyang, I'm sticking with Sterling. Okay. Cheers, Kieran. Don't just dump Sterling. Keep him in, make him captain. <laughs> All your eggs in one basket. Nice one. Cheers, Kieran. Thank you very much. Cheers, Stefan. Cheers, Marley. We'll be back with another Football Social Daily tomorrow. It's our Premier League preview. It will be out as soon as you wake up. Check back on your podcast stream and there'll be a full preview of every single Premier League match. We'll see you then. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled on the shirt. 
Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team.